2: will be full steam ahead in the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute here in Tulsa in two weeks. Just two weeks. There is still time to register, still time to show up, still time to bring your group and your team and have your lives changed forever. And so I want to encourage you to make that happen. Visit www.drpaulaaprice.com. Uh, tonight, Dr. Price is teaching prophetic ed where Thursday night she hits on the prophetic all the time, yet there is nothing like being in the live training with her. I am a living witness, but that is the truth. And I also want to encourage you to get your online training from Dr. Price, going to her website, DrPaulaAPrice.com, and then clicking on uh, teach. Wait, what is it? Teach me. Train me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> train me on the site and you will be taken to a link that will take you to Dr. Price's online training site. There are powerful webinars and trainings up there right now about prayer intercession. Your prayer portal. What in the world is a prayer portal? Now we've talked about the prayer closet, but we don't hear about the prayer portals, Dr. Price, when it comes to teachings on intercession. So you're under a real apostle here moves in dimensions of eternity and the now and so she has done powerful training on uh, intercession deliverance opening your prayer portal pulling things from the eternal realm until now and how about how about this praying for more than a new car you know can we get past the basics of life there are things that God needs his people to move heaven and earth Devils, demons, bring down one power, establish another power. There's so many other things that we should be tackling in prayer besides our basic, aesthetic, self-centered needs. I mean, hey, I'm all for having a nice house and a nice car. You're never going to convince me that that's not the will of God concerning my life. However, there is more to do in handling God's business because how about this? Maybe we should shift to handling God's business and not just thinking about our own personal zip code, our own personal Address, Dr. Paula Price. Personal
3: email. That's right. Here's my email, Lord. <laughs> you can drop it off. And a matter of fact, God, here's my PayPal.
1: pass.
3: <laughs> God, just drop it right in my PayPal. That's right. Direct deposit. Direct deposit, you know. Um, I think when we think about prayer portals and we think about prayer in general profit, you know what I think of? I think that the prayer portal prayer is so powerful, but it is especially useful to those who are occupying ministry offices. Ah. Because sometimes we forget that God responds to the pew one way, and I don't say that derogatorily, and the pulpit another. So if you are a minister, and you're saying, and your prayer is responsible for more than you. I like what Ashley just said, that, hey, we need to start praying to do God's business. Prayer portal training is for doing business with God, doing God's business, and then doing business for God. It's a whole different way of thinking, an entirely new mindset. And, you know, because when God does new things, We get stunned because humanity hates changes. You know, we don't like change. Don't change anything, Lord. Lord, just be God, but don't change anything because, you know, I got you figured out, Jesus. And I don't need you altering things. But I want to read something because, you know, people sometimes wonder, okay, is this God or what? And because the church has been so far away from the Bible, which means it's so far away from God. I know folks don't realize that. Right. But when you're far away from Scripture, you're far away from God. It's like having somebody who has been away write you a, a a bunch of letters that you opt to never open. And you may or may not rescind it back, you know, return the sender, but you've got a bunch of letters to tell you what they're doing, how things are going for them, what they're planning, what they're living through how they're relating to you and wanting to relate to you, and you, um, you're um like, huh? And you don't open it. Have you ever done that? Un- the, uh, unread Bibles are like unopened mail. They are maybe chock full of information, provisions, et cetera, but you don't know that. And they may tell you a lot about the writer, but you don't know that either because, well, You're not interested enough to open their mail, or for whatever reason, they've not earned your attention. Oh, that's so good. Isn't that good? And so I want to read something about how I came up with Prayer Portal. And um, it's important that you follow along with me. Just write this. I know some of you are at work, you know. I got you done. (laughs) But when you get home, I want you to read John Chapter 1. Now, uh, John chapter 1, the section that I'm reading, uh, leading up to, is about the Lord Jesus um, being found by his eventual apostles. You know, so 143, we see that, you know, uh, Andrew, because, you know, we often forget that Andrew was the first of the apostles to find Jesus. We forget that. And I think that's very interesting. So, Andrew, I'm going somewhere, but Andrew went and found Jesus, and then went and got his brother, Simon, and and then who should be called Cephas, he went and got his brother Simon, and and then they went and found Philip, and then after they found Philip, they found Nathaniel. So, you know, each one was going to find the other. And so they, it's ironic that they all recognize Jesus as the Messiah, which is a high apostolic trait, trait that we don't ever talk about. You know, we, we a lot of cultural things are called Jesus that are not. A lot of carnal things, a lot of religious things, even a lot of pagan and idolatrous things are called Jesus, and they're not. But these people prove their worth and prove their uh, qualifications or eligibility by recognizing him. So. Jesus finally meets Nathanael, in this, in this particular uh, writing, he meets M- Nathanael, and so at 148, G- Nathanael Nathaniel says to Jesus, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to Philip, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, he said before Philip called him. Now, we can take that one of two ways that Philip called him way off, and he saw him. And he saw him sitting under the tree before Philip called him and whatever. But then, how could he know about it? So obviously, he saw him spiritually, and he saw him as one of his. And so, and so he said, "I saw you, you know, under the tree of the tree." And Nathaniel answered and said to him, "Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel." Now, you know, guys. Hey, guys. Not, isn't that a weird response? Before Philip called you, I saw you under the tree. A fig tree. So, you know, many commentators say, but well, that doesn't mean that it was, you know, word of knowledge, wisdom, or something like that. It just means that he saw this guy sitting under a tree and and then discovered it was Nathaniel. But it doesn't say that they were actually introduced. And so Philip said, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said, Here is a true Israelite, and there is no duplicity in him. So, Jesus knows him because Jesus knows everybody he called, etc. And so he said, How do you know? And he said, I saw your knees. And so, from that knowledge, he says, Truly, you are the Son of God. How did he jump? That's a major leap, guys. Does anybody think that's a major leap but me? That's a major leap. Don't you think? You know, you see a guy getting out the car, and you say, well, before your car rounded the corner, I knew you were coming and parking, you know, old William P. And he said, you are the child of God. Huh? That's a major leap. Why was he responding like that? Because these prophets were under John the Baptist, because John the Baptist was the fourth one, one of Jesus Christ. And he had prepared them that the Messiah is coming. Some of these prophets are giving you this word that is so ridiculous and outlandish and yet scriptural. You have to put that caveat in there because we got some crazy stuff going on out there in the name of the prophetic. But this John the Baptist was preparing the his disciples to receive the Messiah. He also, if he had enough interaction with the Lord to say, um, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to send you, and the one on whom the Holy Spirit descends, descends and rests, he's the one that's going to baptize the fire. If he had that much interaction with God, don't you think God would have told him who he who he was tapping for Jesus' ministry? God will always tell the forerunner who he's tapping. Now, the forerunner may or may not tell the truth, may not may not like it, may give you one accurate prophecy and try to recant it 16 times.
1: I've had that happen
3: to me. I'm like, I'm so glad I took the first word because you had me confused by now. And so the forerunner may, who was supposed to reveal you, may do that. But so these, this Philip responded that way because they were all being trained to receive the Messiah, the Son of God, has come to earth. And John is saying, but he's here. Now, I don't know where he is, but he's here. Because Jesus is in Nazareth. John's in the wilderness eating honey and stuff. Birds and honey. So here he goes. This is good because I'm going somewhere. Lean in with me because this is important. He said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Well, if Jesus called Nathanael that pure, and now he's the Messiah. He's the literal maker of this man. And he says, you're so pure. You're about one of the few things I have met in this land, in Nazareth, in this whole area who is that pure in heart. So you know what? Bless are your pure in heart because you that purity causes you to see God. And we think that that's just a visual or, or physical thing, but it's also to see where God is and where he isn't. The pure in heart are going to tell you where God is and where he isn't and who is really what they say they are. So and so Nathaniel answered that, and Jesus answered and said to him, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? He said, you will see greater things than this. And he said to him, amen and amen. He said, I say to you, you will see the sky open, opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, just take a minute. If you're having lunch, just chew a little something. Chomp, chomp. You have a little coffee. Get a sip. I'm sit i will get a sip with you. We'll sip together. Hmm. Okay. You had a bite? Had a sip. Now think about what I just read. There are some profound things coming out of here. The first thing is he's saying, you will see the sky opened. What does that mean? They were living under a closed heaven or you will see the heavens open. They were living under a closed heaven, which that's why Philip is so jaded. He's like, jaded. there's nothing but wickedness around. Everybody's wicked. Even the righteous are wicked. We got They have degrees of wickedness, and then they have stages of righteousness. And then after that, they have incidents of righteousness, and then no more. So the heavens are closed. See, God comes when it's closed down, guys. He comes when it's closed down. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying to you today. The heavens are closed. I don't care why. Why are we all singing songs about revival? Why are we? I mean, come on, people, work with me on this. Why are we talking about revival? Sing revival. Bring revival. You know, have revival. God make revival. Could you help us spell revival? Lord, could you send it through the rain and send it through the storm and send it through the sunshine and send it through? We're we're begging for revival. Why? The word revival means back to life. Guys, it's dead out there. We have aggravated God so much that he has withdrawn and distanced himself from us. We are under the custodial care of the Almighty. Literally custodial care. Okay, so you're my children. You know, here's your food. Here's a roof over your head. Yes, I'll buy you a ticket. Yes, I'll get you ready for school. But all of that stuff that creates a vibrancy in our relationship with the king is being withheld. God is withholding his back. Too much trouble. Saints don't know it. God's like, what if I show up without a forerunner? I'll be a pass through. Nobody will know it's me. It was, oh, was that good or was that good? That was D O O D. Jesus is coming, and the first thing he's saying is because I've arrived, because I've made it in the planet, the heavens are going to open. And when you when the heavens open, it's not just going to be a spectacular sight. They had that spectacular sight when Jesus was born. Remember? The heavens opened, angels dropped down, started singing, hey, we're we're lending you something from our work. We're lending you our our sovereign. We're lending you our king. And they began to sing and whatever to let us know God had broken through the time space continuum and he was in the planet and as, as invisible as it appeared. He was in the planet because he had some precious cargo there. He had some precious possession there called the Son of the Living God. And he has to see to it this plan happened. Oh, I'm so excited. I got to take my breath. I got to catch my breath.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, they play with me. Come and so he <laughs> that hey. And so we he 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 says the heavens are open and the heavens open when Jesus comes. And he says, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We read this. And this almost sounds like it's exactly what happened in Genesis twenty eight twelve. John one fifty one. And we um, we almost think that this is exactly what happened with Genesis twenty eight twelve. When Jacob's ladder, what we have become what has come to be known as Jacob's ladder. But Jacob is he's out on the run and He's, you know, leaving home. He's in the wilderness, and and he's going to sleep, and all of a sudden he sees a ladder. I want to see something. Like, guys, I'm getting ready to bless your soul. Let me tell you, I'm going to bless your soul. You're going to dance and shout and go crazy. Yes. And so you think it's Jacob's ladder, but it is not. Jesus is not saying that, but it seems like it. So Jacob has a ladder, and and the ladder is open between heaven and earth, and he hit a spot in the planet where it was an open portal where God's angels did business. It was a literal divine celestial transit system, and they were going to heaven and bringing heaven's resources to Earth because it said. I love how the Bible reads when we start. When you start picking at it, it'll talk to you. See, most people, they don't talk to them because they pick at it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, well, how could that be? And that thing, like, God, how would that be right? I don't know. See, I don't have that problem. I started God being right and man being a little confused. That was nice, wasn't it? Okay, so here it is, Jacob, Jacobville and Bethel, Genesis 28. And it said, Jacob departed from 'er Beersheba and proceeded toward Haran. When he came upon a certain place, he stopped there for the night since the sun had already set. Taking one of the stones at the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Then he had a dream, a stairway or a ladder rested on the ground with its top reaching to the heavens. And God's angels were going up and down on it. And there was the Lord standing beside him saying, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. He had not become the God of Israel because it had not yet been born. So he's identified himself with Jacob's lineage. I am the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, okay, your father, grandfather and father. The land on which you are lying, I will give to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and through them you will spread to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. In you and your descendants, all the families of the earth will find blessing. Oh, somebody hear me. In you, in Jacob, what is Jacob carrying? Twelve tribes. He said, I, I am with you and will protect you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I promised. Oh, somebody here, is that power! Is that power, guys? God will stay with you to fulfill his word. The fact that it's a closed heaven right now means he fulfilled the last word, and we did not minister to him and bless him for fulfilling it, so now the heavens are closed. So here's He going. So here's Jesus. Now they sound almost alike. Don't they sound almost alike? They're not because Jacob's ladder, Jacob watched them climbing up and down on the ladder. And so the Lord God is standing at the top of the ladder, and he's his father's God. Some of you PKs are not getting blessed because you never took on your parents' Jesus. You never took on the Jesus of your mama and the Jesus of your daddy. You were so upset about going to church, having to stay in church, you could not be able to go home, that you didn't build up your blessings. Your reservoirs are done. So when God fulfilled his promise to your parents, you had nothing because you were a resentful, angry PK. And the enemy talked you out of your inheritance, the legacy that your parents left you talked you out of it by making you a disgruntled kid in a big body and and picked that all the time. You got all caught up with the folks who did not have your inheritance, who did not have your legacy. You didn't have any carryover. How do I know, Dr. Price, if, if, if my parents were doing what is right in the Lord and it's carrying over? The scripture just told you, because when they die, God comes to you and says, I'm not done with them, what, what I promised them, and I'm going to use you to finish it. You know the one thing I, I, I hear about is so many disgruntled PKs and ministers' kids, and and all I'm struggling, all caught up in this, caught up in that. Why? Because you never extended your parents' covenant or inheritance to your life. You too. I'm just I'm sick of church. I can't stand church. I'm tired of church. Please don't ever say that to me. I'm the wrong woman to say that to. Because you you already told God you don't want you don't want what he has left over from your parents. Because if you got to tolerate his church to get it, you would just as soon do without it. Because in the spirit realm, things are serious. So let me show you. I know some of y'all PKs, you're going to repent. you look little pastors' kids, deacon kids, praise singer kids, you know, minister kids, you know, leader kids, somebody, elder kids, trustee kids, whatever you were. You're gonna have to. Re- you're gonna pull back on those words because you're not getting the inheritance, and you're not getting it because you're disgruntled, and God's a person, and His feelings are hurt, and you have asked Him to step out of your life. You don't want your parents' blessings because you think getting your parents' blessing means you're gonna have to have the but your parents' trials and tribulations, and you don't want them, so you're still in trial without the blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all still with me? Because you know good well a lot of y'all, and some of you preachers, I'm telling you, I'm talking to you preachers right now, giving your kids the right to blow God off, giving your kids the, the authorization and the permission to disregard him, to not obey him, to not come to church, to not come into his house, to not say the sinners' prayer, to not even be saved. You are doing that, and you're, you're stopping your inheritance and the flow through your genetic line by turning that child against God. I never, I had a rule in my house, and I have a rule in my leadership. If you're going to be in my leadership, nobody in your house better not hear about our tribe as a ministry because they will use, Satan will use that to keep to divert those people from Jesus Christ. All pitiful wives going home crying to their husbands. Oh, well, you don't understand. it, And it was my thing, and I was supposed to do it. And you know what? Your husband doesn't hear that. Husbands go into protection mode. When they hear their wives crying and pitiful, they go, immediately go into protection mode because that's who they are. So you're in your church wanting your husband to get saved, and you go home crying every week about something, criticizing something, whining about something, etc. And your husband doesn't hear, wow, my, uh, my wife, let me just cover her. he's in protection mode. As soon as I can, I'm going to get her out of that church soon as I can, I'm going to stop this because I don't want her crying in my ears every week over this. Meanwhile, you're having the prayer group pray for your husband to get saved. And and so their prayers are not happening. Somebody hear me. I'm going to get back to the portal. Don't worry about it. I won't get lost. But... Your, so you have the prayer group praying for your husband's salvation, and you going home talking about the church, gossiping about the, this and, and telling that, and telling it, and because yeah, you know they, you know they sleeping together, and so your your husband or your and not just husbands, your children, your lost relatives, they listen to your little gossip about your church, and they don't just hear you just spouting off. They think of you as the word of truth. You are the secret intelligence that tells the whole story about God's house, Christianity, and his kingdom, and his saints. You are binding your family's salvation. You're gossiping, you're whining, and you're complaining. You are binding. That's why when people tell me how long they've been praying for somebody, I don't want to hear it without asking a question. Okay, so 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 tell me about your church. Tell me about how many disappointments you've got. How how much have you uh, noise that uh, disappointment abroad? How many times have your kids come in heard you on the phone yak 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 chat, chat chat chatting, divulging secrets, telling God's business. You cannot try to sell somebody on something and then point out all of the wicked parts of it and all of the unpleasant parts and think they're going to buy in. People are not buying into salvation because of your gossip, because of your phone call, because of your criticism, because of your whining and your crying, and your family is going to hell because of it. Because they can't believe in a God that so disrupted their beloved family member. They can't trust the Jesus who's, whom their family member says is two-faced, who is duplicitous, as he said. They can't trust that Jesus because he can't have a clean church. Oh, I'm saving some families today because you all have kept, you, you yourself have your, kept your family's salvation at best. You husbands going home talking about how the pastor took the other one and how he didn't do this and how good you are and how wonderful you are and how unjust your church is. And, of course, we only get one side of the story because you're not going to be a whole truth because if you're going to be a whole truth, you wouldn't be telling it at all anyway. And so your wife is like, see, that's why I don't go. Well, see, that's why I ain't saved today. But, see, that's why I ain't a Christian. Why do you think your family keeps saying that? See, that's why. When they say that's why, it should prick your soul that you just bound them to a uh, uh, to, uh, and lost for another year. If you want to sell your family on salvation, you better sell them on a, on a happy church. You better sell them on a good church. You better sell them on the upside of Christianity and the upside of Jesus Christ and the positive side of the church because you know you know that that little incident you had is not worth their soul. You know, that was just a single little incident, and you went back two weeks later, and you found out you were wrong. You found out you had misinformation. You found out somebody was using you to get to somebody else, but it's too late because, see, your unbelieving relatives will never hear that story. I'm talking to somebody today. Are you guys following me? Because, see, your family is not just held kept from being saved through unbelief. You are the tool of unbelief. You're the megaphone of hell that keeps them from believing in Jesus Christ. No, that's why I don't go to church. Half of the things that unbelievers say about church, they heard about. They heard from Christians. They don't go to church. How do they know? They don't have Christian pastors. How do they know? They don't go to church, but when you go to work and start noising it abroad, that's what they will take. But that's why I think, that's why I'm, I'm not in that. That's why I don't do that. There you go, another death nail in somebody's coffin. The, the, under the curse, holding God's people back. Hallelujah. Is this good or not? Because you didn't know why your father didn't get saved. Because you were gossiping too much. You whined and complained too much about how unrighteous the church was and how good you are and how unrewarding God is. You did that. <clears throat> you know, I got to hit something. I got to hit
2: something.
3: Hit hard. Hit it hard? Okay. There you go. Because you don't realize it. And I I tell my leaders, when I'm in leadership training, I start telling them, if you got people you want to get saved, you better sweeten up your sales program, you better sweeten up your pitch, and then you better live by what you say. Because most of the times it's one incident or you got one leader, that leader moves on, you never have another problem with that church. But you know what? Your relatives still remember when you did. And they are using every excuse they can get to not come to the cross of Jesus Christ. And you're helping them. So stop taking your church business at home. Consider yourself a secret agent for the king. Put yourself under Christian confidentiality and stop noising abroad, stop crying and bragging about how good you are and how unfaithful God is because people don't just hear the church, they hear Jesus, they hear God and Christ being unfaithful and that's why they won't come. Your children grow up remembering how hard their mother worked and all how much their dad gave and how the church just turned them out and did them poorly and of course they heard one side of the story. And and from the moment you tell that story, they never look for good in that church again. They never look for good in that leader again. They never look for good in that minister or in Jesus Christ again because their mommy, their daddy was hurt. Can I finish? Oh, please, Dr. Frank, finish.
2: This answers so many questions about by so many PKs and, and children of just ministers in
3: general. Will stray wander mm-hmm. from the church because of all the business that was going on. Exactly, and they're talking about, well, oh yeah, but they just playing church, and all of that. You don't realize, especially in your children's impressionable years, most impressionable time, the most formative years. Or you're talking about you. All of a sudden, you're doing well. As soon as you get ready to your your relative gets ready to get saved, you come home with a sad story. You come home with a broken heart. Instead of going and get you some counseling. What happened to you may be real, but it's a single incident. You have to ask yourself: But is it worth your relative's eternal soul? Is it worth them being in eternal damnation for your incident that you're going to clean up? Because you know you you know God. You know how to repent. You know how to clean up your act with God. You know how to move into who the Holy Ghost is. You know how to do that, but they don't. When I look at all of these unbelievers cursing Christianity and cursing the church, I'm thinking, how do they know it? They they knew it from some big mouth, gabbing, crying, whining, critical, blessed.
4: Hi, good afternoon. Hello? Can you hear me? Hi, right, good afternoon.
3: Here's what I want you to do I want you to think differently about the next time you decide to go through and paint a wicked picture and an unjust picture of the church and God. I want you to rethink how you're doing that because you yourself do not know. You might be venting. You might be, you know, sharing your experience, but you have to look at your audience. Who are you sharing it with? Who is your listener? Is your listener someone who has been with the Lord a long time, who can help you pray through, who can help you move out of it, who can help you counsel it, can give you some quality advice, could calm you down? Is that it? Or is your, li- is your listener someone who is unfaith? and already has issues with the church and Christianity, and you're now feeding into their resistance, and you're affirming their error, their unbelief, their resentment. You have to ask yourself that, because we have to be responsible for this precious salvation. This is a precious thing. And, and life happens, day-to-day happens. But then you go and you, you, keep, you keep doing it on and on, and don't, and don't let your family see you go through 15 churches. They're going to conclude that there's not a church that's worth their relative. Your issue will be you don't like to be told what to do. You want to be at the top. Your, your issue could be I just want to prophesy. I don't know why I don't get a chance to sing or why I don't get a chance to preach. I don't know why I can't be, get into leadership. You have to be honest about your issues and your motives. You have to because a lot of souls are on the line. And you might not mean it because I all of us have to grow. And nobody really tells us this kind of stuff. You know, and meanwhile, God just responds by saying, okay, so I'm going to not trust that one because I'm going to lose a soul over here. And since I'm, I'm, I'm risking a soul, I'm going to have to behave differently. It's very important, my friends, my family, we are family. It's very important that we make up our minds to let God be glorified no matter what. In all things, glorify the Lord. You know, I had a word once, this is a powerful word, and so, hey, guys, listen to me. It's it's not one that I I relish telling, but I think at this moment the Lord wants it heard. But I had a word once for a former armor bearer, and so, you know, my armor bearer, when she was with me, she was fine, but her family so resisted her service to God, they made her life virtually miserable. Miserable. They complained all the time. They whined all the time. They criticized all the time. They, I mean, they went at it. She, for years and years and years, to finally, once we went through our last hit. Because something else you don't know is that all your family's negativity and adversity releases unclean forces on your work, and on the ministry. And so they're fighting battles you you know, not of. And so her family. Her family just really made it miserable. Daughters, kids, sons, you know, relatives, nephews, whatever. It didn't matter. They hated her serving the Lord so faithfully. And so um, when, when I finally got ready to come to Tulsa, you know, I invited her. And, and here was the saddest thing. I invited her, and she came, and we were wonderful, wonderful. I mean, we kept in touch. And so I said, you know, the Lord really wants to bless you. Your blessing is here. Your blessing is here. And, and I went, we went, we broke up the service. I looked back at her. She's sitting on the altar, and she's crying. And she's saying, this is a long, long time ago, but I just it's just an old testimony. And she's saying, but, God, I need my family. I have to serve my family. I'm telling you, I hear her. So I go up, and I, I, I'm praying. I'm thinking, she doesn't know what she's saying. But she told him, I cannot serve you because I have to take care of my family. if you go by culture Christianity, she was one hundred percent acceptable. If you're talking about culture Christianity. But if you talk about someone who has one destiny in life, and that is to serve the Lord in a particular capacity, as a prophet, no less, that's something different. When I that my heart when I heard that, my heart sunk. And I just said, I'm gonna leave you with God. I was done. And so I did, and she went home. I attempted to keep conversation with her a couple times. And we did for about a year or so after. It was really nice. But what am I saying? So I'm in prayer one day, and he said, tell her she's in bad health, she's going to die, and when she dies, her children are going to detest me. I said, huh? He said, her children will resent me. And they will resent me because they will not know what happened at that moment in the altar. They will know one thing, their mother gave God their all, her all, and she still died. So he did, and I gave her the word, and she for a while she made it. But never, ever got back with God like that because he said, I am the Lord thy God. You will have no other God before me. And so some of you, I have some of you, I'm giving you a word today. If your, if your economy, your destiny, your providences are in your obedience to your call, nothing you do in life will prosper you. If you only have one calling, nothing will prosper you. But here's the thing, with obedience to your call and answering your call and standing in your office is your hands, head of protection. And people don't tell you that. Your mantle, your calling comes with a mantle, an office, providences, powers, and protection. This is worth you tuning in to me today, wasn't it? And so sure enough, we buried that woman, and nobody knew why. Nobody did. I wanted to tell her family long before they got there, y'all need to back down because on some people, God is serious about their call. Some people, you have wiggle room. You don't have a call. Some people, you only have a call. Other people, you're chosen. And just because you choose to answer it where God didn't tell you, doesn't change the fact that he counts it as not being done. If you're serving where you feel comfortable, where your family is happy, where your kids are happy, and all of that, that's fine. But all of the benefits and all of the privileges and all of the resources of that office, that calling are are not at that location because you're not stationed there. It's like getting hired to be a to be a a call. Nobody call it a call agent call center agent, and just picking out the company you want to go for. You can't do that. So you keep trying to go into this other one, and they, you'll say, well, I'll just temp here and temp here, but you're you hired over here. So over here is never going to cover you. Some of you all are serving in the right calling, in the right office, under the right covering, in the wrong place. And the place holds the provisions. Oh, somebody, somebody hear me, the place holds the provisions. And so what was it? That family, that family is just as responsible for the loss of that person to God's service as anybody else. So if you're one of those families that's fussing with your husband, fussing with your mother, fussing with your kids, fussing with your wife, put, put, giving them an ultimatum, I want you to understand, ultimatum is that word. There's nothing that, that they're very few words that sound like what they are, ultimatum. Um, done. I don't know why I gave that that testimony, but you know I've been on the planet long enough now. That I got a lot of them. You know, come on here, somebody. I've been 35 years in God. I got some testimony, but I do remember sitting with that woman, thinking, "Oh my God, you don't know what you just did." And I watched God's hand of protection move from off of her. He pulled back. I watched his hand. He just said, "Like this." You say, "See you when you get here." You don't lose your salvation, but you do lose the celebration. Is this helping any of you today? I don't know who you are that I'm talking to, but I'm going to give you three warnings, and then I'm going to finish this. The first warning, shut up about your church. Shut up about your leader. Shut up about your hurts. Get yourself a confidant. Get yourself a counselor. Hey, PPM Global Resources, that's what we do. We are your sounding board. You just, I want some prophetic advisement. Go, just go to DrPaulaAPrice.com and sign up for prophetic advisement. We're not trying to recruit you. We're trying to keep you in the safety of God. So you can call, I want a prophetic advisement. This just happened to me. You may just need one call. You may not need a lot, but we're here for you, and we're here for moments like that. I'm going to schedule an advisement. I just fell out with my pastor, just fell out with my, my kids. I just fell out with my husband. I don't know what I'm doing in my purpose, whatever that is. And you can get some counsel, and you can get level-headed counsel. You're not going to get the counsel to say, girl, man, bro, I know. Uh-uh, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get, let's walk through this, and let's look at this from all angles so that you can decide the best course of action for the most that will be the most successful and the most enduring solution. That's why we do this, because we have people. Sometimes you have nobody. You're in the church, especially if you're the pastor's armor bearer, where do you go? You don't have anywhere to go. If you're the pastor's assistant, how do you go? The prophet, I carry the man of God stuff, I travel. Who do you go to when it gets crazy? We have 100% confidentiality, 100%. And so you want to sit there and you need a place to discuss it, Get a prophetic advisement. Don't tear up your church. Don't disrupt your family. And don't waylay their salvation. Just get, I, I just need to do I'm going to schedule it right now. You need some prayer? Well, if you're on a program, it includes prayer. It includes an intercessor. But you don't have to do this. That's what God is trying to do. He's preserving his church. And there are certain things that just work as being powerful preservatives. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is make sure. that that you are not a chosen and that you're only called. Because Jesus said many are called, but few chosen. And the chosen don't get a choice, and we never get a chance to bow out without consequences. So you have to ask yourself, am I I called to ministry or am I chosen for God's service? Because those are two different dimensions of how this works. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing, because you know I'm doing the third thing. And the third thing is make sure that you are doing all of the right things in the right place. In the right ministry, under the right covering, under the right leader, in the right environment. As a matter of fact, Prophet Ashley, our assessment has that. It has, it gives you three pieces of information coming right out the gate. The first thing it does is that the first thing it does is that it literally will tell you your first office, your first call. It then will tell you your secondary. But the third piece of information will tell you where it works best. Some of you all are in a pastoral environment, and you should be in a market env- marketplace environment. Some of you all are in business, and you should be in politics and government. Some of you all are with the kids, and you should be in arts and, and drama and entertainment. It's in there. This assessment will tell you all of that. If you go to the website, Dr. Paul A. Price and click I want to take an assessment and hit the MAQ, the Ministers Assessment Questionnaire, it will tell you. Because some of you all, you're working hard, you're praying hard. You're doing all of the right things. You don't miss a meeting. I mean, I'm there when the door is open. I linger to long after the last car has driven out of the parking lot and you still can't get a breakthrough or a harvest. You don't get recognition. Because it may not be your environment, your designated environment. You have no an a designated environment appointed to everybody. And so we often get people who say, you know, they'll get well Prophet actually, give us some example of the of the difference with the, the calling and the environment that you can think of. As far as the different ways that it shows up. Yes. Like how for example I'm a prophet but my environment could be what?
2: Business.
3: Business. Business
2: right. And we have somebody who recently took it, and they used to be in the business sector mm-hmm. and have since been out of it in that measure, but it still shows up as where they will execute best mm-hmm. their mantle, as who got called them to be. Some people, um, it's apostolic. Others, it's a teaching environment. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's health. And so you will flourish best in an environment
3: where you are in the health ministry. Exactly. But and, you know, you want to more
2: people than there are actually in it.
3: Yeah, I know. It. And, you know, sometimes we don't know what those health ministries could be. But, you know, I'm in health ministry in my church, yeah, but it might be the United Way. Exactly. It might be the goodwill, the Salvation Army. It might be, see, those are all helps ministries that are really huge. And so you might think that when your results come back and say helps, it just means help somebody make you know, sweep the floor, clean the kitchen, do some paperwork. But helps ministry can be just that. You're called to that dimension of God where you are helping those who help others. Yep. And the
2: teacher. How oh, that's um, a good one, isn't it? Right, because you have in the explanation, well the explanation that we have as advisors, how the teacher does not necessarily have to be a classroom with children. Because most people think, oh, I don't want like to teach kids. But the teacher is the on-the-job trainer, mm-hmm. adult, coaches, all kind of things. So it's picking up on that is where you belong mm-hmm. in various degrees, levels,
3: and applications. Exactly. And my other f- personal favorite is the one that says, con- you know, the con- the counselor, the consult, you know, the, in the consultative sphere. Therapist, counselor. On um,
2: VAQ, yeah. VAQ,
3: mm-hmm. therapist, counselor. And we go on. Now, why did I take you through this way? Because some of you all, you were upset in your church because you were in the wrong environment. Or you were upset with your church because you were you were constantly shoved into what they needed instead of how God built you. And when you're shoved into what your organization needs instead of how he builds you, you are daily frustrated. But you also make a lot of mistakes. You you never you don't get a group. You just don't. I mean, you keep slipping off. I mean, I, I, I know how to, but it doesn't work. And you never and you're always at odds, going against the grain of the of the organization because you're doing something to help them and you're not a helper. Some of you are officers, some of you are gifters, some of you all are agents, and you have to know the difference. You know, so in our placement, because the assessment will place you, both of them will, but you need to recognize, that, and some of the leaders need to recognize, because you can say, some of you all as pastors or apostles or, or head of organizations, you're like, this person is so talented. They're so gifted. Oh, my goodness, they do wonderful. But every time I put them to use, they falter. Where are you using them? Because maybe you're using them in your office, and they probably need to be in your field.
2: Well, you thought it a few years ago. Bless your patient heart. <laughs> <laughs> Not we put you through um, working as a team, mm-hmm. and you would have to tell us. Look, this person is the finishing touch details. What we call professionally quality control. Mm-hmm. So you don't bring them in at the brainstorming level. No, they don't get you to slow everything down to the
3: details. <laughs> they really are. And
2: that is their function. I mean, if it was a tool or a utensil, I shouldn't get mad because every time I try and spray something with a fork, it slips through the slab mm-hmm. the because it's not a
3: knife. Exactly.
2: And you use the fork when you need a fork and the knife when the knife is together when well, you need them together mm-hmm. to accomplish a goal. And so you really did teach us how to utilize each other. And even to this day, having to remember that person is hardwired the way they are, and there is nothing wrong with that. If you're a strong leader, you know how to appropriately use your people at the appropriate time and make them shine mm-hmm. and not feel inept and stupid and whatever because they don't mm-hmm. think like you.
3: And, and, you know, what's so interesting, you could kill a lot of those, those beliefs or clicks and carry on if we could do that. Yeah. For example, we had people that I, we, we, every meeting doesn't need everybody. Your meeting should have your resources, your, you know, and they should have the resources of that, that you need for that stage of the process or project. So we, she's right. We have people. I said, well, no, no. No, no, we'll give this to them. And some people don't ever need to be in a meeting. They just need to get the information, okay, this is what you're going to do, because anything like is bigger than that. Why am I telling you this? Because all of the resources and the tools that I've created over the last 30-plus years are to the end that we can place the body, empower the leaders. But I like something that you just said, Ashley. You said, but make your people shine. See, I do everything I can to make them shine. You know, people do better when you let them step out on their successes instead of their messes. And many times in church we are always have people slipping on their messes instead of stepping out on their successes. And so I would encourage you to, when this is over, go And, and if, if you need counseling, hey, hit the button. I need some prophetic advisement. I need some prayer, whatever. You need to find out where your people are hey, I want to group, I want to schedule a group demo so I know what to do with my people and how to handle them and how to place them. You want to know who you are, your place, or, or your environment. The Lord had me, been talking to me for two days about people being in the wrong environment, the wrong setting. There are certain environments that just drain folks, that bleed you out, drain you out, confuse you, etc. You know, there are churches that are just, to us, we would call crazy, but you know they fit, they get a thing done, they take care of the wild, the rowdy, the un, you know, un, and they are okay with that, because that's what they do, because God's got that in his body. So we need to know who we are. I'm going to finish this. I know I went long today, but somebody is getting healed and delivered today. And so I'm going to finish this. So Jesus said, the sky opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I got, I'm got. i going back to the prayer portal and why it's for the leaders, why it's for officials, agents, why it's for intercessors, warriors, and things like that. Everyday prayer, our Father who art in heaven, you know, the Lord be with us, Jesus help us. Those are wonderful prayers. Those are devotional prayers. I'm not talking about devotional prayers. I'm talking about, right now, leadership to prayers. I'm talking about directive prayers and things like that. They are different, and you need to have your portal open to make sure that what you are calling has the access to get back and forth. But look at this. This is the last piece of today that I want to talk about, and that is but the, in Genesis 28, 12, there was a ladder. In John 151, Jesus is the ladder. Everybody who God is calling to his service is the ladder. And he's saying the angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He didn't even say Son of God. He wanted us to know on the one he put in, in charge. Some of you all have never opened your prayer portal. Don't even know that there's one to open, and you're just doing what you see so and so do, and you're doing what you saw this one doing. Well, that seems good. I'll just, wow, well, I'll just add that to the mix. But there is a way your portal open, and your angelic guard, your divine provider to ascend and descend. My last point, I want you to think about it, because when we think of heaven, we think of, if we were writing this, we would say descend and ascend. But that's not what it wrote. And neither one did it say descend and ascend. It said ascend and descend. That's because there are terrestrial angels, our providers on earth, our providers in the heaven, and the suppliers above them. And you don't know that, but there is a way to deal with that. And so I really encourage you all to make sure that you do uh, go to my website, drpaulaaprice.com. I want you to hit train me and sign up for the prayer portal training. In everything, I have prayer because God does nothing before prayer has saturated the ground. He won't. I don't care. We think it's praise. We'll just keep praising. We'll just keep singing. We'll just keep. No, no, no. Praising is wonderful. That touches his heart. Prayer moves his office and it moves his official. And so we have touched God's heart for the last however many years. And he's still touched. He loves the song. He likes it. Praise and what? But, baby, at the end of every praise service, everybody should drop and pray because it's the prayer that saturates the ground for the seeds we want to come down. Because praise goes before to part the way. Praise parts the way. Prayer, plant the seed. So you need that, doesn't you need that? I'm telling you, you need that. I need y'all to bless me this week because I just blessed you. Bless me and bless me because of the seed that you're planting. So there's a lot more to this. I, um, you know, Prophet Ashley probably told you about our school. It's opening We are re-kicking it off and on the ground, on site. It's always been online. On site, September 15th. You have, we have. Classrooms, which you'll see tonight we have um dorms you 'll get to see those we have uh, funds we're working it It's, it's come it it's come coming it has come together, but I have a class i 'm so excited about this class. people of God saints of the most are God, my apostolic prophetic bible education program. all that you saw me just do that 's what I teach and and a lot of it you will never get on periscope or Facebook because there's no time. And you also don't get it because I need you to get that from my impartation, not from second hand, third hand, fourth hand revelation or adoption of a revelation. Hallelujah. So Prophet Ashley, it's your turn and then we're gonna let Prophet Adia do what she does. Well, I think
2: it's cool too, like any
3: higher level of education, you have
2: to, earn your way there, and prove that you can handle that level of information.
3: Yeah, that's and true. There
2: are a lot of things that are not meant for
3: the for public. Whole
2: mm-hmm. general public to learn at once, unilaterally across the board.
3: Mm-hmm, that's true.
2: And so, two because You get in those classes, and we okay years ago at the event. Let's talk about our event, and then okay. I'll give my two, my comments here on what you say because I have more than two cents. I think I might have a
4: whole dollar. Go. <laughs> so we would have people
2: because in in the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute previously, the Tulsa. Before, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would we break out the classes
1: mm-hmm. in the
2: evenings according to readiness.
4: Yes.
2: And back in the day, when this was a much newer event because this is not how most events are done in mm-hmm.
3: this
2: level. No. People would say, Well, I want to be in Dr. Price's class. This is before you did the General Assembly. I know. Which, which is what led to the General Assembly because yes. clearly people came to hear and and they're like, Well, yeah. Other are price now. That's heavy. I can handle it. I'm not dead. I'm not that. Fifty. Maybe they'd be, they be decided. I thought, you know, I think I need to be they would just, I could be a chief profits class because I'm an advanced prophet at the break. Can I go down to the <laughs> Other media level, the beginner? Because you know what? This is a little heavy. This is a bit much because it is four. Oh, we're so used to charismatic. Mm-hmm entertainment impartation even, but not on that official. No, no. This is office-level training. Mm -hmm. And anybody who gets office-level training has to prove, one, they're an officer Mm -hmm. and that they're going to succeed and do something with that information. So I love our events because we have the General Assembly, you, and all of our keynote speakers. To everybody, mm-hmm. everybody,
3: they get a taste of everybody, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. everybody, and, and even up close and personal, yes, and
2: to me, it's the best of both worlds mm-hmm. because you get the
3: heavy
2: hitter and then we break it
3: down and we get into the nitty gritty and the project. Well, and also, office is for operation, mm-hmm. so office training is for operation. So, if you want to operate the kingdom of God, then yeah, that's office training, and not everybody's ready to do that because most people are just about communication. We just want to prophesy. I just get, I got the word of the Lord. I get it
2: out. Yeah, I
3: just got to get it out, and I want somebody to hear me and all of that. And we have a class for that. That's wonderful because those are essential, they're essential servants in God's kingdom. So, okay, let's hear your dollar.
2: My dollar, first, if you are on the line listening to Blog Talk Radio, or I should say if you're shifting over Two. into Blog Talk Radio, the phone number is 319 527 And I told her I'd say this. Dr. is
3: lining up calls today. Oh, yeah, y'all get a chance to talk to Chief.
2: Now you can't give her your story and testimony. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. But she is lining up those calls. Thank you for putting that number up there. Press 1 to get into the queue. If you are already listening on Blog Talk Radio, press that 1 and get in the lineup to connect with Dr. Price today. All right. That's dollars
3: worth of feedback. Come on, dollar boy.
2: Oh, my God, today. Well, speaking of, just talking about the whole accountability piece of why people do and don't go to church. Mm -hmm. It really does have to be Christian to sour the water. (laughs) Nobody expects the world to tell the truth about anything. You know, that's not there. -hmm. And so so I I really like that accountability piece that you're placing on us as the saints Mm -hmm. to even do a personal inventory to go back and think, Ooh, am I the reason? My kids did Am I the reason? My mm-hmm. friends don't. Am I the
3: reason? My okay. family. My yeah.
2: family. When you talk about how husbands act toward their wives, mm-hmm. and it's like you play the damsel in distress,
3: he's going into defense mode.
2: Which means now I have to rescue you from this situation. Mm-hmm. And what you have attempted to do is completely backfire. And about having to be in the right environment. It's very powerful. Yeah.
3: I know my whole life changed. I knew mm-hmm. it Mhm, is. And you and and you don't mind saying it. You don't. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you don't stay down and low and conflicted Mm-mm. in the bright house. You come up in every way.
3: Everywhere, yeah. Your attitude
2: no. is going to come up. Your cleanliness is going to come up. Your orderliness <laughs> is going to come up. All of that is going to rise. Right. And I said to you years ago, I realized how much I really just um, enjoyed. Mm not being excellent, domestically. And it wasn't until I felt the fire and heat on my head, I was like, what? I have to live in what? And that taught me, though, Mm -hmm. that really who you are at home is really who you are. Exactly. That's really who you are. Who you want to be when people aren't looking at you and they're not calling your name or whatever, that's really who you are. That's the you. And that's what you carry through the rest mm-hmm. into, I should say, all of the other streams of your life. Those sentiments mm-hmm. are latent, even if they're suppressed because, you know, we're on the day, we're in the office, we're doing business, mm-hmm. or whatever. But truly, who you are at home is what God is really good at. So, anyway, we're talking about environment and how I would say, too, that even that environment that you create for yourself mm-hmm. and that you make for yourself when no one else is around. Now, we say... You know, it's true character.
3: It's who you are. and know you don't think that. And but we don't think that plays our character. There
2: you go. Okay. And we kind of limited that to the big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not sleeping around, not smoking, I'm not going to drugs, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But all these other spirits and things that are listed in Scripture time and time and time again, that's the thing. So environment took me all the way back there. <laughs> I'm still working for it. Okay. <laughs> I want people to know. I'm still working towards it. I'm working Working for it. All right. Um, and John doesn't do anything until prayer has saturated the ground. And then you started talking about the school. And I started thinking about how many years of prayer. bombarding that heaven on holidays and sick days and happy days and travel days it took well over for 10 years it here. to get this door and this window to open up to this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Because it would keep open and adjust. It <laughs> and it'd pop up. It just hit, it's mm-hmm. like a wormhole. It did. It's like, ah, and there goes. And now, after the prayer has saturated us and our spirits and our territory and our land and mm-hmm. our attitudes and then bringing other mental muscles along the way to make that happen, we can see it. But if you truly, if you don't put in the time, you're not going to see the harvest. You won't. That farmer cannot just drop those seeds in the ground and come back later and say, well,
3: I put seed in the ground. Okay, hey, hey, can I just Well, something?
2: where's my harvest? I mean, I planted it.
3: But what do they say when they say about a plant? Sing to your plant, the first plant. Talk to your plant, sing to them, but don't you need to plant? We need and you need plan. to plant them. Okay. See, we want to sing before we plant, and then we want to sing and place of plant. Right. Anything to circumvent the process <laughs> and to find the you
2: know, we, – we act like we're the emergency system. We want to find the pathway of least resistance for everything. Oh my! And if there's
3: resistance, then it's just not God. It's not, yeah, because God doesn't have resistance, you know. And so I think that was very, very great. Any comments from my uh, viewers before I go to Prophet Adia? Yes. Let's
2: see here. When you were talking about God holding His best and revival, when He's coming back to life in the beginning. Somebody said that was a mistake. Price Uh, when you were addressing TK. They talk out of their inheritance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Profit, if I'm taking all your hot spots, I'm just giving feedback. <laughs> uh, someone said this is good. I'm getting blessed right now. We are with you. My God. And you. when you talked about how husbands protect, go to protect him over their crying wives, somebody said, my teacher,
3: you are teaching. <laughs> <laughs> my teacher, you are uh, teaching. <laughs> I said,
2: well, you said, you better tell the sweet side of church Someone said, Wow, that cuts the
3: foolishness right out of us. <laughs> Great comments. Prophet Adia.
4: <laughs> yes, they are powerful comments, really powerful broadcast today. I love what you said about. You have to know whether you are the called or you are the chosen. Um, that, I think, is it's worth the price of admission today. I think that that is something that we all um, can really go back from this message and search our hearts spend time with God, and find out where we really are in this journey. Um, I think that you have uh, obviously helped us to avert, you know, a life of crises, because ultimately, I I love the the stories that you shared today, and even the experience that you've had from God's perspective of what it's like when we are literally just not in the location where we're supposed to be. Um, You said something so powerful as well, you know, in terms of, you're, you'll get in your 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 salvation is secure, but the inheritance the re, the rejoicing the celebration of it is not there and I think that's just giving us a lot a lot to think about today so I know that you've got a lot of people with their heads in their hands thinking today re, going back through the inventory of their life and trying to find out am I in the right place number one for all my inheritance and am i am I literally living the right life you know am i am I living the life that I was supposed to live so powerful Paul of show today.
3: Amen. And let me say this. As long as you have breath, you have the privilege of repenting and redirecting your course. That's the beautiful thing about being saved. You know, God needs to get a work done, so he is not looking to fire or furlough anybody. However, he needs it done the way he programmed creation to harvest it, and that's what we miss. So if you feel like, oh, my gosh, Lord, what do I do? I mean, because you can be overwhelming. I was overwhelming when, overwhelmed when he started telling me stuff. All I want you to say is, God, have mercy on me. Help me. Show me how to fix this. And if I can't go back and undo what I did, show me how to make restitution and reparation. That's all. That's all you have to do with God. God is really so... Yeah, Why do you think the Bible keeps saying, come and bring an offering? Because it's restitution and reparation for things that cannot be reversed. I can't reverse this. I can't undo this. The pastor is gone. The church is dead. Whatever you want to say. Repent. Hallelujah. Repent. Restore. Restitute. Because it goes on the books in the kingdom that you are aware of what you did, but nonetheless, you're repentant. If you, re- if you just repent between you and God, somebody else, i got to hit something. Oh, here it goes somewhere. Hey, hit something back. I know y'all got that in your ear, didn't you, Black talk. Okay, but if all you do is repent in your prayer closet and you never repair and you never restitute, God knows you're repentant, but everybody else still thinks you meant what you did and that it should continue working in the world against them. You must stop the action of the things you do in people's lives. You, come on, somebody, can you hear me? You must be, you can't just own up to it in secret. You have to restore. Remember, if the thief be found, he must restore fourfold, sevenfold, depending on who you're reading. Restoration must follow repentance. And when you can't restore, you must restitute. You must repair. Guys, hear me. Some of you all, hey, help me. Jesus. I know we have to go to the call. But the, the heart of the Father, are you all feeling it? The heart of the Father is hot on this. He said, I Hallelujah. David, King, God's voice. Love, I mean the beloved boy. You know, he's got, Jesus came through his feet, but you know what? He hit a point where he said, "There's famine in the land," and he said, "Famine is abnormal for my kingdom and for my covenant with God." And he went to God and he said, "But it's because the Gibeonites won't shut up; they keep praying because of Saul's bloodthirsty heart." House, and he said, "What can I do? You can't undo what Saul did, but baby, you can repair." You can restore. Some people, some, this is, I'm going to just go prophetic. Some of you all broke God's heart. You didn't even mean to. That wasn't in your heart. That wasn't your plan. As a matter of fact, Jesus said people are going to always do things to God and think they don't it. But you know, now that you know, you need to repair. You need to restore you want God to bless your house that you, you plundered someone else's innocently, unwittingly. Sometimes you left, you never even knew what happened. The Gibeonites would not let David off the hook because David was the, the, the embodiment of Israel. He was the embodiment of the kingdom, and he said, but I need you. We can't stop. They need justice. There are crimes, like some of the we see some, we have this conversation all the time, don't we actually? We see things that, that crimes that are done in the planet, that, that in the news pass through, and then we see those that never end. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, God says to tell you today, if your house is responsible for the fall of something else, some of you all churches died because of you. Some of you all ministries died. Some of you all pastors left their fields and went back to their fields and left their jobs. Some of you all businesses died that God needed, but you can't undo that. Do not go in in the bed and go in your bedroom and get under the bed and hide under the covers and just woe is me. No, ask God, how can I make restitution? Because life is always about restitution. Even the Lord Jesus said that he must be in heaven until the restitution of all things. You must repair, restore, or restitute. I had to say that, actually. It was needful for me to say that. Amen? Uh, did you all, are, are they hearing me there? Are you getting me, guys? Are we flowing? Is it connected? Freezing issues, Jesus. yes. Yeah, well, you know, we got to get, hey, I got to get on television. I'm tired of freezing. That devil trying to freeze me out That in Jesus' name. Okay, tell them where to go again, give them that number one last time, and we're ready to go. The number for Law Talk is 319-527-621. It's on you, Prophet.
4: All right, we want to thank you guys for listening in to the Paul Price Show today. We want to get to your calls in this second hour, so if you could press that number one for us. So that you can speak with Dr. Price, you're listening online and via Periscope and Facebook Live to the Paula Price Show. We broadcast every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Paula, it is BlogTalkRadio.com/ Paula Price Show. BlogTalkRadio.com/ Paula Price Show. You can RSS feed to the website so that you never miss an episode, and you can also excuse me, you can also go back. And check out all the shows that you might have missed. We want to welcome you if you're listening for the very first time. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Make this your Thursday broadcast. Don't miss an episode. R-S-S-S- Feed to that website. If you're an iTunes user, download the podcast app and just look for us there, the Paula Price Show. We are on the podcast app. So that way that means you can get us on your iPhone, also your iPad, and anywhere that you podcast. So do that for us. And if you wouldn't mind, rate us. We want you to rate us. Let us know what you think of the program. We really care to hear your feedback and your thoughts. All right, you can keep up with Dr. Price throughout the week by following her on Facebook, facebook.com slash Price. Again, Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. You can find her there. If you are a Twitter, Twitter user, then you can follow her there. Her handle is at Dr. Paula Price on Twitter. Big shout out to our Twitter family. And to our Facebook fam, we love you. We cannot do this without you, so thank you for all that you do. Keep reposting, keep sharing, and keep telling a friend about the Paula Price show. We so appreciate it. All right, last but certainly not least, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute is coming up. It is a few short weeks away. It is uh, the, the third week, or the rather the fourth full week in June. It's the 21st through the 24th, the 21st through the 24th. It's going to be right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can find all the details about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute online at drpaulaaprice.com. Just click events and you'll be able to get all the registration information again online at drpaulaprice.com. Dot com. We want you to be here with us. If you're listening on the line, you're a prophet, a prophetic type, a seer, a psalmist, an intercessor. This is the event for you, so don't miss out on this. And if you have prophetic teams, the, the price of admission for teams is really affordable, $75 for groups of 10 or more. So join us here right here in Tulsa in a few weeks, the 21st through the 24th. You can see all the speakers that will be with us. It is going to be a dynamic, dynamic time. <laughs> Excuse me. So don't miss it. We'll see you there. Prophet Ashley, I'm going to turn it back to you so we can go ahead and get to the
3: callers.
2: All right. Thank you, Prophet Adil. We'll be right back after these messages.
3: I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They're your pillars, your founders, your ground. They're your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand-new teaching, building your commission team, stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does, is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up, or fortify it if it's already in existence, and expand it. You want A commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance, and that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click, I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know, and it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission, Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com.
1: Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions. 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed, and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number. They give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, The Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire The Apostolic Diagnostic So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today www.drpaulaprice.com Or call 877-649-PPMG
4: Hey guys, this is Ms. Adia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids.
5: Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author, Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ, and Christianity into our world. Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com.
2: All right, and we are back for the second portion of today's broadcast of the Paula Price Show with the one and the only Dr. Paula Price.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm excited about today, Ashley. I'm looking forward to us having a blast um, in the remainder of the show. So why don't we get started so we can get some of those calls in that we have waiting in the wings.
5: All right,
2: first up is Veronica from Louisiana, and she is calling in today, Dr. Price, because she has spiritual warfare questions. Veronica, welcome to the Paula Price Show.
3: Veronica? Prophet Ashley?
2: Hello? There we go. Okay, I just had a a technical mix-up here.
6: Okay. Hello. Can we'll you hear, hear me? me? Yes, we can. Can she hear me? Thank you so yes. much. Uh, I've been experiencing uh, spiritual attacks since December, and uh, I have never been a uh, say a, just a heavy heavy Bible person. But since this happened, something is drawing me, like I have to get out of the bed. Everything is getting better. But I'm just so confused. I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's a lot happening that I'm not used to. But I'm getting stronger and stronger the more I pray and the more I stay in the Bible. my I have uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, and he's not my son, but I raised him. I feel a lot of activity when they're around at times, I feel like they're actually trying to harm me. I've been from, it's a lot going on. I'm i am just trying to find out what is going on.
3: Okay. So where, now who is it that you think is trying to harm you?
6: Uh, it's a bunch of people, but I get the most activity out of my youngest daughter and my oldest nephew, but I raised him because his parents died. I had him since he was about six years old. I'm getting a lot of activity from different family members and strangers. And now I'm to the point where I don't know uh, what is the what is good and uh, what is bad. Because I've been reading. Okay. Play, uh, go ahead. Well, what have you been reading? Uh, the Bible and different uh, daily words and all. And uh, they do tell me that some of it is from God. It's like it's your angels or uh protectors is what it said. So okay, uh now what
3: come on back up, hold on a we got we're going somewhere with this. Which ones are talking yes. to you about the protector?
6: The daily word. The daily words give you scripture.
3: And where you get where are you yep. getting the daily words from?
6: From uh, a non-denominational church.
3: A non-denominational church. Yes. And do, so they're not, uh, do you know what kind of church it is?
6: Well, they use King James Bible. So it's just non-denominational. They're not Baptists right. or Catholic. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, good. Now, listen to this. Now, let me ask you another question. You said, okay. Veronica, that... This started in December. So what happened? What what triggered this? What, what were you doing Facebook. in December?
6: Facebook, because I shut what the about? account down. I was with a, okay. a lot of ministry groups on there. Mhm. And I Facebook. shut it down because weird things started happening.
3: Such as?
6: And so I, I shut the account down.
3: What started happening? Give us an example of what you're calling weird.
6: Um, One guy that was on it, he would post different stuff. And uh, he posted something about uh, how people had black hearts and the Lord, they're saying it was for the Lord. I forget how he had it phrased. But I posted to him because he was saying people don't, the Lord doesn't know people's hearts. So I posted back that if he knew every hair on our head, why wouldn't he know our single heart? So he posted back something real ugly about a yellow school bus and people who was ignorant, And but he's supposed to be a, a, an apostle. Uh, it was like a street ministry or something. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. Because I made okay. reference. Go ahead. Okay, so
3: I want to ask you this, because I want to get to the heart of this where do, you, do yes. are you in a church right now? Yes, what kind of church are you in right now?
6: It's a crop, I think it's apostolic because I just started with this one about a month ago
3: and okay, and where did you go to church before this?
6: A Baptist church in okay. Lacombe, and I started seeing activity, and everybody think I'm psychotic, I started seeing things that look like witchcraft. And the last time I went there, I talked to the pastor and all and I told him, you know, something is not right here. Am I just seeing these things? Maybe something is happening. Maybe I am. I had a lot of loss. I lost my son, uh, my granddaughter. A lot of things happened. I found out I had cancer. So everybody's thinking it's stress and You know, I just flipped out, but there were physical things happening too that I was seeing in my house that uh, I was stealing at night when I'm laying down in the bed, things touching you and all. And so uh, even the pastor kind of thinks like, yeah, yeah, you know, just pat her on the back. She's crazy. But uh, I know these things are happening. So something wakes me up. You said something wakes you up? Yep, like some type of light or something, or I would get a cramp in my foot when this first started happening, and, you know, I I couldn't stay in the bed because I'm reading how important the Bible is, and this is from the Daily Word, and I wanted to get in it. I've learned so much every morning getting in this Bible, and before I go to bed at night, uh, a lot of things have happened. I quit smoking, I uh, quit going to the casinos, I quit doing a whole bunch of things. I I got rid of a whole bunch of stuff in my house because I know about piggyback spirits and, you know, that night they're telling me, oh, my son died in this house. Maybe I should have opened a window. It's just so confusing. So much is going on. Like I said, it is getting better. But I noticed when those two family members around, I start getting pains in my leg, pains in my ankle, itching, uh, just about all of my hair has fallen out. And this is just since December. All this started okay. happening. My son My son died go two years ago. Go okay. ahead. Okay, I'm
3: going to go to a uh, cancer thing. You said you just found out you had cancer?
6: No, I found out I had cancer. In 2014, right after my okay. son died. My my son died in June. I found out I had cancer in uh, November. But I'm saying because I had a lot of stress, when all of this stuff started popping up in 2017, everybody's attributed it to, oh, she's psychotic. She's just had a nervous breakdown. Okay,
3: I got that, Now I'm going to need you to answer me kind of succinctly because I'm trying to, uh, I'm establishing something here. So when you, okay. when you found out in 2014, Veronica, that you had cancer, did you go to treatment? Yes. Are you finished with the treatment?
6: Yes. Well, How I'm long still have you been taking finished? pills.
3: Okay, you're still taking pills. So you you finished with the treatment. A couple of things that I would want you to do. Have you been to a medical doctor to have a thorough, thorough physical checkup?
6: Yes. When? Not not say a thorough physical, but I have a primary care, and I've been going to her for years, and anything crop up, you know, they yeah, check. But you need a,
3: okay, that's good. But I need you to have a thorough physical, a couple of reasons for this. Hear me out. Um, I think mm-hmm. a thorough physical would be good for you because you need to find out, you need to have your your chemistry, you know, tested. You need to have some sort of um, chemical panel testing that we need to find out what's going on with your blood because you took a lot of medication. You have a lot of things that affected your hormones. You have a lot of things that affected your endocrine system and all of those other things that are – Attached to the cancer treatment because cancer wipes like, out, uh, can almost takes everything down to bring everything back up without the cancer, and I, that's just you know overly simplified. But I'm saying, but it, I have known people who have had uh, chemo have mental issues. In other words, because the 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 the, uh, the chemical levels in their brain, the hormones, and all of those things that guard their brain are affected. So I want you to do that. that I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying let's rule it out. That's the first thing I want you to rule out. Okay? The second thing is, uh, uh, if you are menopausal, you will have all those kind of things. You will have horrible
6: dreams. I'm 65. I'm 65.
3: Okay. I don't have any
6: any dreams.
3: but, But if you're having, if you may not be, let me finish, because you know what? It is easy to want to jump right to spiritual. But there are a lot of spiritual things that have a physiological root. I've been out here a long time, and I've, I mean, and we like to go slamming devils and running up and down the street and all those kinds of things. I'm not saying that's your faith. I'm walking through the possibilities, so I need you to hear me out, and I don't need you to close down because you want to hear it being spiritual. I need you to want to hear the solution.
6: Okay. Fair enough.
3: Okay. I want you Fair. to want to hear the solution because this call is about making your life better. Okay? Yes. So so the second thing I want you to do is get your hormones tested because you may have gone through a lot from 2012 to 2017 or 2014 or whatever. You've gone through a lot of medication. That's a lot in your body, and your body is a very smart entity. It, it, but what it, it's funny. When your body doesn't know what to do with something, it stops doing anything. I'm, I'm just not going to – I don't know what to do with it. There's no assignment, so I'm not doing anything. So I want you to get your hormones check. That's why I want you to get all of your body levels and all of your chemical levels check tested because we don't know what happened through those times that you beat cancer.
0: Okay? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yes. We
3: we do know your body went under a heinous attack to defeat it. Yeah. So yes. you cannot you can't rule out that there are some chemical things that may not have come back online, right, or may not be operating functional, whatever. And so you might need to do that. You may have a primary care doctor. I say amen, that's wonderful. But does it hurt to get another doctor's view of where you are? Because in, in, sometimes when a person handles things so much, they, they lose their edge on handling it. In other words, they assume that it's okay. So do yourself yes. a favor. Before you go into all of this other stuff now, I'm I'm gonna get into the other stuff. But I wanna go into that because when you started talking the Holy Spirit just kept saying to me, hormones.
6: Okay, just you know, 'cause I was I broke down. That's what I think.
3: Okay. Well he's what what do you mean?
6: Uh, because when I started crying, got a little emotional. no, uh,
3: no, no no. Well uh uh-uh, pull back on that. That is not Dr. Paul of Price. I don't okay. operate on people's external behavior. I operate you're on right. the Holy Ghost. When you first, when you first laid out your issue, He said, on. You just didn't get quiet enough for me to tell you that. So right. then I, I am—I'm not like your pastor. I am not any of those folks. I—I'm I'm moved by the Spirit of God and the years of experience I've had done this. I too am sixty-five, and I too had to work through my hormones.
0: Okay. So you're not
3: talking to somebody who doesn't have a clue. And I'm telling Amen. you. That that, thing, those, that that thing could throw you into a whole lot of tizzies that don't make sense. I am not a physical doctor. Certainly I am not a, a specialist in this, but I do know this much. I've dealt with it since 1997, and I've read mm-hmm. as much as anybody can read on it, and I'm telling you, before we go spiritual, all of that stuff, crazy, or, and, and I'm, the next thing I'm going to say will make you feel better, let's make sure that there is no physiological reason for you to have all of these sensations and all of these, these things in your mind. Because when your hormones are off, your mind go, has no guardrails. There's nothing keeping one thing from seeping over into another. That's what hormones mm-hmm. do. They keep everything in their place, all, everybody talking properly, communicating the right thing. When they're off, they'll start saying things that are not so. So I need you yeah. to do that because it is, you are important, but you don't want to walk in, in, a, in a solution or an assumption that this is demonic and then court will demonic as a result.
6: Right. I believe now, that. I
3: that. Because the devil's a criminal. You know, he's a criminal, and he's a deviant, yes. and that's just what he does. So if you keep mm-hmm. saying that this is him, he's going to come up and help you out with that. So we, we want sure. to keep that aside now. I want to go to another piece, if you don't mind. I'd like to go back to the to the family. Why are you saying that you think your family is part of trying to do you harm? Huh? Because one thing, before you answer me, Veronica, let me say this: when okay. your hormones are crazy, you always feel threatened. You always feel at risk. You always feel exposed. You are okay. you always in a panic. That's
0: normal. Okay. Now
3: I am again. I'm not the pastor who doesn't know what it's like to be hormonal. I have done, and I have had to fight all of this and lead a public life. Most people don't know how difficult it was but except the people close to me. But I managed okay. to do that, and I lived it from 1997 until today. So I'm talking to you from someone who has lived it the whole, whole wake up in the nighttime and all that kind of crazy stuff because it has been my experience that when you get the level of warfare that you're talking about, it's usually because you are a level of threat, which means you're in a high ministry position. You're doing high ministerial things. You're taking on other stuff. You are meddling in the devil's affairs. You're not just reading your Bible and learning from Scripture. Now, when that happens, and you're not in the in, in meeting that description, meaning you're not in a level, high-level thing or taking on some stuff, then that means that there is something in your family tree. It's in your root. It's something you did before you got saved, before you came to Christ, or you came to Christ and you didn't bother to get saved.
1: Uh-huh.
6: Yes.
3: Because that happens too. So I need you to tell me, when did you get saved? Because that's that. I haven't heard from that. When did you get saved? In other words, when did you repent of your sins, ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart, to come in your life, to be the Lord of your life? When did you do that?
6: Well, to be honest, I would say in December because I really, I was just a mild man Christian going around. I knew miracles the Lord has done for me, but to be saved, I got baptized like in maybe 19... Eighty-nine or two thousand—I really don't even remember. But I truly didn't understand; wasn't on the level that I'm on now. Since all this started happening, I believed in the Lord, but not like I believe now. So I can say I was truly because okay, I now, knew but, who the Lord was then. But for it yeah, no, ritually, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: But but do you can you say December? Doesn't what I got born again.
6: When I got born again, I really would say it would be December.
3: And how do you know that you got born again?
6: Because uh, it's just a whole different transformation. Stuff he told me to do, I smoked for 40-something years. He told me to quit smoking, I quit. I used to go to the casino, stop doing that. And I went to the casino every month, every month. Uh, told me to start walking. I did that, and now I've slacked off again. But it's a lot that he's shown me for his healing. Uh, I've been running to the doctor for years with my stomach. I've had PET scans. I've had this. And he kept telling me, this is happening to you because you do not believe. I had chronic back pain. I uh, Mm -hmm. walked all day long. I burnt stuff in my house because I thought... This is where all this is coming from. If the Lord is telling okay. me you don't trust me, yes, I'm sorry. Let's, Go let's ahead.
3: Okay, a couple things I need you to do. I need to know you repented of your sins and you renounced. Just because God told you to do something and you stopped it doesn't mean that you disagreed. Before I got saved, I got a lot of instructions from God, and I still hadn't been born again. Right. I got healed. I got what? house, he saved my baby, he did a whole lot of things. So I just want to say this, because I'm going to lead you to born again. I need that, because I have to have that authority to cast out this stuff in your house.
6: Yes. Um, I have to do that.
3: Now, I, now, let me finish. Let me tell you my thing. You got okay. all of these instructions. Listen to me. I want you, because this is what you call the spirit of truth, and that fine point, finite distinction between being called and separated for salvation and being born again. John the Baptist baptized a whole lot of people, and a lot of people repented of their sins and gave up their stuff, but they still never received Jesus on the inside.
6: Right, right.
3: Let's talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to say this to you because it's so important because Jesus Christ says, I need to lead you through salvation, and I'll tell you why, because I got a lot of listeners. We have so many hair-spitting things on salvation, my beloved, that it's crazy. I mean, just the body of Christ in general, because for all of the things he did for you, hell has been stronger in your life. That means that there is a problem.
6: Yes, definitely. That's my
3: point. And my point is, Amen. you may have been John the Baptist, you had, you repented, you went and said, I'm sorry, this and brought all, you know, because remember, we forget the John the Baptist ministry that preceded Jesus Christ. I'm sitting here wondering why God has given me this passage I'm looking at while the, um, the uh, uh, announcements are playing, and now I get it. He said, but now Malachi 3 just fell on it. Now I am sending my messenger. He will prepare the way for me, before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire. See, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Remember in Ephesus, those guys said, hey, Paul goes down to Ephesus. Y'all re- received the Holy Ghost? But They said, we never heard there be anything Holy Ghost. He said, who are you baptized in? They said, John the Baptist. That meant that they were still, they had had, the, it's kind of like John the Baptist is a prep before the surgery. And so I'm going to want you to hear me because I want to lead you to salvation because there is a covenant of of doom and death on your life that we can't break. You believe in Jesus Christ, but it doesn't live the inside of you. Father God, I thank you. I'm just going to pray, and you just say whether or not you agree. Father, I thank you for Veronica right now and those who are like her. Lord, I'm asking God that you begin to open up the eyes of their understanding so that they can receive you. Your word says in John 6, Forty-five. that anybody who's learned of God comes to you. She has come to you, God. Now I'm asking God, Holy I'm asking, Lord, that you would receive her on the inside. She needs the new birth. You said that all Thank men must be saved and they must be born again. Lord, I'm asking that you yes, would Lord. release her the new birth according to Ezekiel 36. As well as John chapter 3 God she needs the old yes, spirit Lord. gone and the new spirit in She needs the Holy Spirit installed And God she needs to be washed of her sins Now God I'm thanking yes, you Lord. That you will receive her today Now Veronica I'm going to need you to renounce You may have quit going to the casinos But you've renounced that spirit is still hanging on You may have quit smoking but those spirits are still hanging on And so I yes. need you to do that as- Here's what I'm going to do for you because I'm going to tell you what God says is going to set you free. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God wants to baptize yes, you in the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized by Thank water. You, and so I'm standing in my seat that says that every time God, we, we command it to be so that you will baptize her. So when she goes to her bed tonight, God, I'm asking you to baptize her in the Holy Ghost Please, with the sir. evidence of speaking the tongues. I'm asking God that yes, you will deliver her. She can see that you are part of her. She's searching for you right now, Lord Jesus.
6: But yes, now Lord. I'm asking
3: and God. I just, I just want you to repeat, Father. I renounce.
6: Father, Father I, I renounce. I renounce, renounce. God.
3: Every ungodly, every,
6: every ungodly,
3: ungodly every idolatrous,
6: every, every, idolatry. every idolatry,
3: and every pagan practice I lived.
6: And every pagan practice I live.
3: I ask your forgiveness.
6: I ask your forgiveness.
3: And I repent of my sins before you in Jesus' name.
6: And I repent of my sins before you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now you're going to come back and listen to
3: this. Again. But now, see, you have to receive God by renouncement and repentance, but you've got to renounce, because if you don't, you, you don't cancel the covenants that you made with other gods. Yes, cancel They're operating on a contract. You're operating on your wonderful moment of confession, but they're operating on contracts. And so you've yeah. got to cancel that thing. Now, God, I come against every unclean power, every unclean force, every ungodly mm-hmm. maneuver in this woman's house in her life. I command you to cease and desist. I cut your covenant with this woman. I command you to leave that house, and we command you to the pit of hell. In Jesus' name Now Lord I thank you that you install your angels of God In her house Those guardian angels that you assign God Every time we receive you As our Lord and Savior And you enter us as your child. Lord, I thank you that angels of protection, real angels. These are false angels that are there. Those are harassing devils. Cancel your assignment. I command you to lose her, to leave her home, and I neutralize your power, your seeds, and your effect in her house. Those are lying, deceiving answers and I cut you off. You will not read another daily word in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for leading her to the church. The pastor, the leader, the intercessors, and the Christian covenantors that will protect her yes, and cloak Lord. her, and she needs to be with a good teacher too, Father. In faith, hey God, in Jesus name. Now, here's what I want, do, Veronica, yes. I want you to yes. do, Veronica. Yes. I want you to do this favor. When when you hang up, I want you to go to com and set up a prophetic advisement. You need that. Yes. And then so I already wrote it a- down. Yes. See, there you go. I want you to do that because in in two weeks you're gonna find your whole life really clean. See, because you because you may have renounced all of that stuff. So you ceased doing things but you were never cleansed. And so we cleanse you by the blood of the Lamb. We cleanse your house. Yes. We cleanse Rooms, we cleanse your family in terms of their heads around you so that they can no longer penetrate you. But you will go to a doctor. You will get yourself a 100% physical checkup, and you will get yourself a 100% chemical examination. You're going to let them test your body chemistry. We're going to find out what this is because it, it's a little of both, but we need to know where one ends and the other begins.
6: Great. Thank you, Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless oh, you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr.
2: All right.
1: I think we have time, time for another Twitter. call.
2: Yes. Yes. And we have on the line Makeda from New York, and she is calling in for prayer for a little girl named Brooke with cancer. And also, she would like prayer for a promotion at work so she can make that six-figure salary. Makeda, welcome to the Paula Price Show.
0: How are you doing, Dr. Price and Prophet Ashley?
3: I'm fine. I'm glad to hear your voice, Makeda. How are you?
0: Good, good. You sound marvelous. (laughs) So I just called to ask for um, prayer for um, a little girl named Brooke. Um, The cancer spread throughout her whole body so i'm just asking for a prayer for supernatural healing um and also prayer for her mom just for to strengthen her mother and um for i just was offered a promotion at my job um i asked for a little under um 100,000 and um God told me to go back and ask for the six figures did you go back so i just yeah i went back And I asked for the six figures. So I just wanted you to pray to release it.
3: Amen. Amen. Father God, first of all, we lift up this this precious little girl to you. Lord, her life is rich. She came into this planet for a purpose. And, God, we're not willing to accept that that purpose is for a short life and a horrible death. So I'm speaking to the spirit of infirmity and disease in this child's body. Hey, God, I thank you for delivering her. I cast out cancer, cast out infirmity, and we put a hedge of protection about her father in the name of Jesus. Lord, we cancel every parental assignment and every parental permission that was granted perhaps long before she was conceived. We cancel that, and we break the authority of cancer in her life. Now, God, I thank you for healing. Let her have a rapid, and I mean a rapid recovery so that we, she will know, God, that you are God and that she is healed and delivered because of you. And, Lord, if she doesn't belong to you, I'm asking parents to submit her to you, to lead her to salvation. Because, Lord, oftentimes they want you to heal their children and never give them to you. And I'm asking her to leave this young one to you so that she knows that Jesus, as her Lord and Savior, heals her. And no one else will get credit for it. And we bless you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I pray for the mother's strength and even her salvation and even the renewal of her faith. She needs a renewal with you, God. You, all, you and her need a renewal of faith that has nothing to do with her daughter's tra- tragedy or trauma, but that she understands that you are God and you're the Savior. And then, Lord, I thank you for Makeda. I'm asking that you would give her the, the prayer that she's answered. Grant this prayer. Give her enormous, enormous favor with this company. And let it be so, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. So
3: ask, you're very welcome. Let me ask you a quick question. Did, mm-hmm. did, uh, the, did this mother um, dedicate this little girl to Jesus?
0: Um, Actually, I actually found out about her on Facebook. It's another little girl that I pray for, and um, she posted it on her Facebook page. Um, but they say Jesus, you know, but I'm not sure if she did or not.
3: Okay. Well, if you get an opportunity Mm -hmm. to influence that, I I strongly suggest that you do. I know my prayers work for Jesus to step up and do what he does because, well, he is a righteous God. But I want to say to Mm -hmm. everybody who's listening to me, God is very serious about who's his and who isn't. We are coming into a day where those who name the name of the Lord have have to literally cease from iniquity, but they have to make it known. You know, you have to declare your salvation that you belong to Jesus Christ, and you have to know it's the true Jesus. So, I would love for you to make sure that that little girl is saved, because okay. a lot of times we they they want they put out a uh, what do you call it a call to any god. And see, God said, "My glory, mm-hmm. I will not give to another." And when I was praying, mm-hmm. I felt like she needed to be saved. Okay. All righty.
0: Amen. Let me know Thank about you, the Dr. job,
3: okay? I'd love to hear Definitely it. Definitely
0: will. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: Thank you. Private you're welcome. Private Ashley, I got a few minutes, right? To close. To close? Uh-huh. Private <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, listen, I can't think of a better note to close on than make sure you're born again by the true and living God. By the God that created the heavens and earth, by the God whose Son is Jesus Christ. Who is the form? who was Yahweh to Israel and Jesus today. And you need to make sure, because a lot of people are snatching his name. Paul said that there would come a time where people will preach his name for gain and others will preach his name for, for truth. It doesn't matter. He said that his name is preached, but it's up to each person to make sure the Jesus you went after is the Jesus you received. Because there are a lot of imposters, and God for God to keep saying this, won't get me off this, there are a lot of people who are saved by a false Christ, who are just merely church, and you're being ministered to by a false Christ. And so you need to make sure that you belong to the true Jesus Christ, the one that the prophets prophesied, God prophesied in Genesis 3.15, and there has to be signs of repentance. And you cannot have signs and suffering. At the, at very sound. In other words, God's going to save you and he's going to clean up your life, but he's not going to increase demonic activity in it. That is not Jesus. He's not going to increase your permission to, to to sin against him. He's not going to indulge your idolatry and your adulteries and your paganisms, uh, you know, just because you want him to. And he's always going to come after it. He's going to start telling you, you need to lose that. You, a lot of people say that I, I got saved and Jesus still let me do so and so. They didn't get saved. And see, one thing we need to know as I'm wrapping this up, one thing we need to know and accept, apostles jobs is, an apostle's job is to inspect the salvation of God's people. That's why he gave us signs. He gave us, uh, saw, um, you know, standards, you know, holiness, best fruit, repentance, has fruit. There's a fruit to, a fruit to repentance The Scripture talks about. We don't always see that. So that is our job. you know we I, I came up in Christ where they said, "Well, who are you to say whether people are saved or not? Are you kidding? the same I'm, I'm the same person for God that that judges to say you're a criminal, that police officer to say that you broke the law. You cannot, that that customs border to say you can't enter in because you don't meet the criteria. That's what an apostle is to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is our job to make sure people are actually born again by the true and living God, that the Holy Ghost is in them. And for some reason, that's a big deal. That means that God is getting ready to do a great outpouring on the planet, and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. How do you think he's going to do that? How do you think he's going to say a sheep is a sheep and a goat is a goat? How's he going to do that? How do you think he's going to? Say he said, "The Lord knows that those 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 that are here." And so we have, uh, all of us in the Lord's service today, every preacher, every leader, I don't care what your office is right now, this is way beyond that. This is making sure that these people have not jumped the border into Jesus Christ and just sitting up in his church within his borders without him on the inside. It is our job to make sure people are born again and filled with the true Holy Ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost that seals us, but it's also the Holy Spirit that bears witness to who who his and who it's not. I think that's a good place to end it, Ashley, don't you think?
2: Yes, I do. I'm inspired.
3: Hallelujah. So if you're a pastor, make sure those people sitting in your pews are going to heaven, that they're filled with the Holy Ghost. If they don't want them, that's another thing. But you need to make sure that their blood that is not on your hands eternally. God bless you. Don't forget tonight, 8 p.m., prophetic Ed. See you then. It's going to be a blast. Have
1: a good day. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.